I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Okay, so I was asked to say something about Christian witchcraft. Um, This one is kind of difficult, but we're going to try and get through it. Okay, Christian witchcraft. (laughs) You know, there's actually so much to unpack with this and so much to to analyze and sift through through that... Oh, I don't know. I was I actually started writing a blog post about this as I've been doing lately and oh so much to get through but I'm going to try and break it down into small little bits and bites that we can kind of figure it out um can you have such thing as a christian witch I don't think so and hopefully my examination and explanation will Um, show you why however can you have a Christian magician absolutely I believe you can Uh, can you have somebody who follows folk magic absolutely they did in the past Uh, in fact you'll find a lot of the older books um, had charms that uh, mentioned God uh, mentioned Jesus Christ um, so there's a lot of folk magic that comes out of um, certain areas uh, I'm thinking mostly Europe um, that were very Christian based uh, were they witches no they wouldn't have called themselves witches Uh, We do have ceremonial magic, which brings a lot of Christian influence into it, combined with Kabbalah and such things. Uh, But they don't call themselves Christian. They don't call themselves witches. We have uh, hoodoo. And hoodoo pulls in the saints and the Bible. Um... Are they Christian or are they witch? Are they both? Don't call themselves that. It's conjure doctor or root worker. So we do have a lot of traditions and paths uh, throughout the world and throughout history which have incorporated a lot of Christianity. Quite often it has been to survive. In order to survive, especially with um, things like hoodoo, um, which was brought across to America with the slaves from West Africa, in order to survive, they had to incorporate uh, Catholicism and the Christian faith into their practice and hide everything within that. Um, So in many instances, it was a survival mechanism. Um, But 
over ages, throughout generations, um, those practices, especially in regards to folk magic, became more prominent. And people who were brought up in families where folk magic was used would have probably been Christian, but they would not have been a Christian witch. Can we bring that terminology into our modern day? Well, let's have a look. Um, first of all, the most glaring and apparent difficulty here is the worldview. And the most glaring and apparent part of that worldview is that Christianity is monotheistic and Christ, uh, sorry, witchcraft is polytheistic. You can't marry the two. The one says that there is only one God and you shall not have any other God before me. The other one follows many, many gods. In some instances it doesn't. In some instances some people do not have any following of any deity. They just practice magic, i.e. folk magic, etc., etc. But in the case of monotheism versus polytheism, the one is just one god and no other gods. You're not allowed. It is forbidden to have any other gods before that one god. Whereas the other one has many, many gods. So how do you bring those two together? Um, now, just to to give you some background, you know, I'm not completely ignorant when it comes to Christianity. Uh, in my later teen years, I went through various experiences. Uh, the one was being filled by the Holy Spirit, and in that instance, it wasn't a case of you know somebody coming along and praying for me and pushing my forehead so I fell down. It was the evangelist that that was that was doing this um, was definitely connected, and the experience was extremely real. And I I was kind of at that stage in my teen years of rebellion that I didn't believe any of this shit, um, but something caused me to stand up and say it's me. And he came over. Two people stood on either side of me to catch me. He put his his fingers on my forehead, said something, and then I was just filled with absolute and utter peace, and I couldn't stand. Uh, my entire body just went into, just became jelly, and I fell. And they caught me. They lay me down on the ground, and I, I don't know how long I was there, but it was incredible. It was really incredible. Those things are real. They're not just absolute, you know, complete rubbish. There are some out there who will, you know, push you over type of thing. And people think that they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But this, in this instance, it was an absolute real experience. I then went on to um, teach. I taught um, the youth uh, at, at my Methodist church, and I was planning on going to Bible school and becoming a, a Methodist minister. I was called, I had two callings, one to demonology and one to healing, uh, which you might find quite interesting because I continued those paths in a different direction. 
Um, but there was some huge problems uh, that arose and forced me out of the church. And I continued to follow my own path, which then went down to which went down the path of witchcraft into magic, shamanism, um, left-hand path, Satanism, demonology. I needed to discover it all as much as I possibly could. And so anyway, just a bit of background, just to say I am not completely ignorant when it comes to Christianity. Um, but I have seen the, the problems and the difficulties. Uh, but at the same time, I've also seen the magnificence and the splendor of it. Uh, this is why I don't particularly like using the term Christian or Christianity, actually. I would rather call it churchianity or Paulianity because the teachings of Christ were sound, they were solid, they were there. Um, I consider Jesus Christ to be the same or similar to Buddha. Um, you know, Buddha came along and created a middle way. Um, Christ just came along and tried to find a way which was probably at his time more modern, um, a different way of seeing things, a different way of viewing things. Um, and try to create a path that everybody could follow. Unfortunately, uh, some people came along, militarized everything, and we then got modern Christianity. Uh, but even over those centuries, you know, from the first century when, the, when Catholicism came about, which is said to be the continuation of the work of the apostles, um, you know, the incorporation throughout Europe and stuff, um, we find that there was a lot of overlap between paganism and Christianity because it wasn't just, you know, we, we, we talk about crusades and things like that. And at some point, yes, there were, were, there were wars, there were religious wars, and there was uh, forcing the hand of the people and things like that. But it wasn't the case all the time. There was incorporation. Um, the king would convert to Christianity and because the king of that area converted therefore all the people under that king uh, would be expected to convert as well um, but in some cases it wasn't war and force, forced hands and things like that but in order to incorporate those things some paganism had to and folk magic had to be incorporated into the Christian faith and vice versa. So there was a, a, a melding that happened. And so a lot of people, pagan people, who did, uh, did uh, folk magic um, incorporated the spirits from Christianity into their magic itself. But as I said, this isn't witchcraft. Um, when we look at witchcraft, we are specifically looking at a polytheistic path, and that incorporates many gods, um, whereas Christianity is monotheistic and there is only one god, there is only allowed to be one god. Now, I did read, picked up a, some books, just randomly, try and find out um, what people are actually incorporating into their practices of Christian witchcraft. So. Um, there are two short ones, The Basics of Christian Witchcraft by Charles Angel and, and The Christian Witch by Albertus Crowley. Now, these two, these two I, I thought were absolute trash. In fact, I thought I was reading Christian propaganda. Uh, 
because it comes across in such a way that yes we have specific meditations um, we can do specific visualizations bringing the light of Jesus down into you and things like that um, and they even sp spoke about spell work but it almost felt like somebody was saying it's okay that you're practicing this as long as you follow the word of Jesus and you you supplicate yourself to God and so instead of trying to to forcibly bring people back to the flock you're kind of like you know easing in there and, and saying it's okay but you're still Christian so I don't know it just it just felt really really bad but um, the, the one interesting thing a few interesting things I did find about these two books was that firstly in the beginning especially which one was it? I think it was basis of Christian witchcraft um, what was interesting at the beginning it mentions witchcraft and then right through the book there's no mention of witchcraft or witch it's magic um, you are doing magic you are the spell work you're doing is magic the visualization you're doing is magic and that's not witchcraft magic is found in ceremonial magic it's found in Kabbalah it's found in all of the parts in folk magic but it's not witchcraft okay the other interesting thing I found and this is a quote from um, which one was it the Christian witch I think this will speak volumes as a Christian witch you ought to realize the truth that you have no power of your own and all powers and graces that are given to you by God you also surrender to God at the same time so tell a witch that they have no power of their own it all belongs to their God or their goddess and I think you'll um, you'll probably get the evil eye but I mean, that alone is just uh, I don't know, it just speaks volumes the other one however uh, it's a book by Adelina St. Clair called The Path of a Christian Witch it was a bit more mature um, it did she has examined her own faith her own path and has tried to combine Christianity or actually Catholicism in this case um, not the the modern uh the separation that happened between uh, the Catholicism Protestant um, into the Methodist uh, church and, and, and such things um, so it was Catholicism and then she examined uh, witchcraft however that witchcraft she speaks about is very much neo-paganism neo-wicca um, and there was a story in there where she was um, in a group of people who were learning witchcraft and the one week it was to pick your god and goddess so very eclectic because you know this teaching was pick any pantheon you want and pick your god and goddess type of thing um and she said she came to realize that her god and goddess are jesus of nazareth and mary of magdalene now just that statement alone removes in my mind my interpretation just remember this is all my personal thought removes her from Christianity because you may have no other God before me 
really that simple. Um, that's the law that was put down. It's not allowed. So to call another spirit a god um, removes the Christianity from the whole scenario. So we have the monotheism, we have the polytheism, which is the glaring apparent difference, and we cannot marry the two. Um, we then have um, animism. We can bring animism into this, and you know, in regards to animism, because witches are usually animistic. Uh, they believe that there is a spirit in all things, stones, trees, plants, birds, fish, humans, everything. Okay, there is a, everything has a spirit, has a soul. Um, when it comes to Christianity, there are a lot of schools of thought that don't go into this. Uh, not even your pet dog has a, a spirit or a soul and will not go to heaven. Um, now... In this regard, what we can do is have a look at the uh, texts from the Nag Hammadi Library, specifically um, the, I think it was called the Book of Thomas. It was written by Thomas. Um, there is a part in there which, which are said to be the words of Jesus himself, and um, it speaks about... Um, different uh, you know animals birds uh, and such making it to heaven um, so there is an animistic quality in there and the Hebrew faith Judaism is very if you have a look into the magic of it the Kabbalah and also the shamanic side of, of the of the older Jewish faith um, it is very animistic I mean Judaism itself, wasn't originally monotheistic anyway. It came from a from a polytheistic root. So, you know, there's also that to consider. But again, you know, if we start looking into the roots of Judaism, which was the ex extended into Catholicism, um, because Christ was a Jew, um, and then extended into more modern modern Christianity. You know, even if you take yourself all the way back to that shamanic root, um, are you still a Christian? In modern interpretations, no, you wouldn't be, because you're following a polytheistic path. Um, so, you know, I don't think, as soon as you say Christian witch, they clash too much. I mean, even... Maybe I'm taking this too far, but um, where are you going to go when you die? You know, have you even thought about that? Um, if you believe you're going to heaven, then you're a Christian. Uh, witches don't believe in heaven and hell. There is no part in it. Um, but if you believe you're going to the underworld with to your ancestors or you believe you're going to enter back into the cosmic soup then you're not a Christian so where's the in-between there is no in-between and that's that's the difficulty that's the problem um, you know when it comes to monotheism versus polytheism you could bring in pantheism um, and although 
pantheism is considered more to be a theology or a philosophy rather than an actual theism, although it has theism on the end of it. Um, but that is, the difficulty there is there's a few interpretations of what that actually is, but one of them is that you have a, a, a power, a force, a body, uh, which is everything. And what makes up that everything are various spirits, uh, various gods, various goddesses. Um, you can even bring it into animism and say that the soul of the rocks and the trees and the birds and the fish and the humans and the animals, the beasts, um, all of those souls make up this big body, uh, kind of like your own body, uh, which has millions and millions of cells, and those cells make up your big body. Um, and these cells all work together in order to keep the body opera operational and functioning and everything else. Um, so very similar to that. So you could then bring the interpretation that you we have all these gods and goddesses uh, which make up this big body and you are pantheistic. But then again, you are, you, you're kind of pushing out of the, the Christian worldview. Uh, quite a bit actually um, so again it is difficult because we have to try and interpret what Christianity actually is and and even witchcraft um, which witchcraft has become quite an umbrella term about 20 years ago it used to be paganism still is paganism but witchcraft has become that, that big umbrella term you know if you practice magic you are a witch um, might not necessarily be a witch but even to the extent of if all you do is make herbal teas you're a witch but you're not now if you make herbal teas you're a herbalist um, if you read tarot cards you're a diviner it doesn't mean you're a witch there's a lot more to it than just doing a particular practice there's an entire worldview that gets incorporated into this and if you don't follow that worldview you are not that thing if you do not follow the worldview of a, a polytheistic worldview of a witch then you're not a witch if you do not follow the monotheistic worldview of a christian then you're not a christian and if you try to follow both you can't because they are two completely separate roads so I think you see what I'm, I hope you see what I'm trying to get at here. Um, there are paths that do incorporate Christianity into a magical practice, but they're not witchcraft. That's a completely different worldview. Well, not completely different, but it's a different worldview to that Christian worldview. Um, and, you know, even those paths they usually incorporate the saints and Mary, uh, Mary of Magdalene and Mary the Mother. Um, they'll incorporate such archetypes as John the Baptist, as Thomas. Um, some may even incorporate Pontius Pilate, you know, as the adversary. But when we're looking at that, then that's again we've then got to come back to Catholicism versus Protestantism um, and that separation that happened um, into 
you know, when we talk about Christianity, I kind of think more along along the lines of the Methodists and the Baptists and um, Adventists and the uh, all of these modern churches that we have, which are not Catholic. Um, but Catholicism, Catholicism was was the extension of the apostles that followed Christ uh, and the continuation of their work and it became a whole thing and you know over 2,000 years things develop, they change, they grow, they, they become something which they weren't originally, that's to be expected, it's happened in witchcraft um, but the you know the one of the difficult things is when it comes to witchcraft itself uh, which was starting to get into earlier and then went off on a tangent um, there's this saying that well there is a saying that um, all Wiccans are witches but not all witches are Wiccans because Wicca is a religious practice and witchcraft is a magical practice um, to some extent it's true but that seems to be have become extended into the idea that um, if you are practicing magic you're just immediately a witch but your practice may not incorporate the worldviews of, of a witch I hope that makes sense um, so you really need to examine um, the worldview itself um, have a look at the you know the heathen worldview, the Celtic worldview, um, and they're, they're very different. Um, and when you do that, you'll probably find that they wouldn't call themselves witches either. Um, you know, there's, there's been some debate in my own life about whether I should continue calling myself a witch because it's been so misinterpreted, not by the Christians, but by the pagan communities um, it's become something which it actually isn't anymore um, so it's kind of difficult because on the one hand if we do look at the actual worldview of a witch we cannot be a Christian witch on the other hand if we do look at the idea that witch has become in our modern time then it could be possible um, if we extend it into chaos magic you can take all of the archetypes, the saints, um, and, you know, the spirits, Christ, Mary's, um, all of it, and put it into a, or construct it into uh, a mythology that you can use in circle casting, in um, magic working. But again, is a chaos ma magician a witch? Or is it a chaos magician a chaos, or a chaos ma mage, or a chaos magician? I wouldn't call a chaos magician a witch um, unless they're practicing witchcraft at the time and this is the thing with chaos magic it you completely consume yourself with one path one religion one ideology one worldview you completely immerse yourself in that and you become that in order to do a specific work and then when that works done you release it you become free of belief completely free of belief and then you take on another ideology, another worldview, in order to complete a different working. 
Um, so, you know, it's not about taking bits out of here and taking bits out of there until you understand both, until you really have completely consumed yourself within both worldviews and understand them explicitly, then you can start taking things out which overlap, which has, have bridges, which um, have a similarity. And they may be called two different things, but they're explaining the same thing. So, you know, you can take those two and put them together because they already are the same thing. But then you can start combining things, but you have to completely and un utterly understand both worldviews. And you have to have completely immersed yourself in them in order to combine them. So when it comes to Christianity and witchcraft, you may have immersed yourself in Christianity, you may have immersed yourself in witchcraft separately, not together, but separately, because you have to understand those both worldviews separately before you can bring them together. Once you've done that, you'll find that they do not come together. They cannot come together. Um, they are just too diverse to bring together. Um, and you may may try and um, even bring this into the idea of the three worlds, upper world, middle world, and lower world, or underworld, and say that they are heaven, earth, and hell, but they're not. Um, the Christian hell is a place where the evil go, where sinners go, where murderers and rapists and child molesters go when they die. Um, the underworld in witchcraft is not that, just isn't that. In fact, most of the underworld is what Christians would call heaven. So you can't even marry those two um, world trees, if you can call the Christian uh, idea of world tree. Um, it's just, there's just too much that needs to be to prop be properly examined, uh, not just on a surface level. You need to properly examine all of these things within each worldview. Um, and you can try and smash a, a round peg into a square hole. And you, if it's made of wood, you probably could smash it in, but you're forcing it. It's, it's not going to stay there. Um, and you're going to probably have some problems later on. Uh, but anyway, so that's my my understanding, my interpretation, my thoughts on the matter. Um, I do understand why people want to be Christian witches, uh, but examine, you know, just examine the worldviews and examine the words themselves. Do you have to be a Christian witch? Why do you have to be a Christian witch? Why can you not be a Christian magician? Um, is it really that bad to call yourself something different rather than calling yourself a Christian witch? What's your reason for trying to force those two worldviews together? Um, you know, I don't know, has witch just gotten this, this name now that everybody wants to be a witch? And um, I think a lot of people do because it, it's it's cool. It's you know, it's edgy also. So it brings that edginess into it because now, you know, everybody's a freaking witch. 
Um, but it's it's kind of taken the word and it's taken it out of context, completely out of context. So anyway, all right. So that's me for today, rambling on. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get lots of hate mail for this one. <laughs> that's okay. Welcome back to more of Ask Lee Wednesday. All right, so if you have any questions, and I hope you do, because I seem to be reaching the end of the list that I have. Uh, it's getting pretty close anyway. I've only got a few more weeks left. Um, then please ask any questions you would like me to answer on this Ask Lee segment. You can leave them in the comments below to the video. Or if you're listening on the podcast, you can leave a voice note on anchor.fm forward slash Lee W. Johnson. Okay, so today's question or questions, um, I might do two here, uh, is from LK and Yulandi uh, regarding the interactions with gods and goddesses. Okay, so first question is from LK. Uh, what's the best way to ensure that a deity does actually want to work with you? For example, if you've done something that might have upset the spirit and you want to make a connection to ensure they still want to work with you, is there a technique you'd recommend? Many thanks. It's a pleasure. All right. Uh, so this is a relationship. Um, it's a relationship with a deity, with a spirit, and in that sense, we can look at this in terms of relationships with other people. And in this case, I would suggest looking at your relationships with some of your closest and dearest friends. So, to begin with, uh, if you are wanting to build a relationship uh, with a another person or with a deity or spirit you are going to want to get to know them um, so if it's a person who you want to build a relationship with you first meet them you have coffee with them um, and you sit down you talk you get to know each other and you also get to know your likes and dislikes um, your habits, good habits and bad habits. You get to know things that um, make them excited, things that they don't even want to go near or touch. So it's the same thing with the deities and the spirits. You need to build a relationship and in order to do that you need to know who they are and they need to know who you are. So in that building of a relationship there are various things you can do which I'll get to just now. Um, but coming on to your specific um, example, if you have upset a spirit, um, same thing again. If you take a very close or dear friend and you've done something to upset them, how do you repair that? Um, you apologize. Uh, you, um, you may even bring them gifts, but when you bring them gifts it has to be from a place of sincerity uh, you're not just you know giving them flowers 
because you know give the, the act of giving somebody flowers immediately uh, denotes that you are now forgiven um, it needs to be from a place of sincerity it needs to be apologetic you need to do things to appease the person and to make sure they know that you are sincere in your apology and you're not just saying things just because you know you want it to be repaired and it's the same thing here with the deities with the spirits if you have upset a spirit you will um, apologize to them uh, you will then bring them gifts and in this case it may be offerings so you may want to set up a an altar or even just a small space on a bookshelf or something that is dedicated purely to them and nothing else and you light a candle every day and you talk to them and you apologize for what you've done and you ask for their forgiveness and you give them offerings food drink um, anything that you feel they will like and some stage they may tell you they don't like this or they do like that and start building that relationship start opening the channels of communication again and coming back to the beginning if you are starting to wanting to start to build a relationship with a deity you've got to open the channels of communication just like you would with any person so this is a, this is the main thing is giving offerings um, speaking to them and not demanding anything just speaking to them get to know them first and allow them to get to know you it's not a one-way street it's it's a it's a relationship it's got to be both ways so they need to get to know you and you need to get to know them and at some point they may decide that they don't want to work with you or they do not want to forgive you and in that instance you're just gonna to have to accept it and move on um, you know not every spirit or deity is going to want to get to know you or want to work with you just like not every person is going to want to get to know you have a relationship with you um, you may have a personality clash um, so just bear that in mind that just because uh, you want to work with a spirit or a deity doesn't mean that they may want to work with you and I think some people fall short here in that they because a spirit isn't a physical person standing in front of them that they can interact with um, therefore it doesn't necessarily have a face it has a name but it doesn't have a face it doesn't have a physical body um, that you can touch that you can feel that you can use all of your senses on that in some sense maybe subconsciously um, there's something in the back of the head or back of the mind that is saying that this is not actually real and therefore some people will try and force that relationship um, because you know they don't consider it to actually be tangibly real therefore they can do whatever they want to so you know they'll just call on a spirit a particular deity and say I am now working with you and you are now working with me you know this doesn't seem to be that choice in the matter and in an instance like that what often happens is the deity the spirit will just look at the person and say bugger off I don't want to know you and will leave 
and this leaves an opening and that opening usually attracts an astral parasite. Um, I've, I've seen it before um, where somebody tried to make a deal uh, with a specific demon and they kind of got into the space of um, the Hollywood stuff of uh, you know creating a pact with the demon and there after 10 years the demon can come and take their life and all that Hollywood garbage that goes on out there um, and the demon basically uh, just thought this is ridiculous I will not do this with you and but they weren't listening the person wasn't listening um, so the communication didn't get across and so the demon just cleared off and this opened a door for an astral parasite who posed as that demon and came in and promised all these things um, so you know don't think that just because you want to work with a, a particular spirit means automatically that they want to work with you as I said it's a relationship it's a two-way street you both have to get to know each other and you both have to um, you know, not have those personality clashes that uh, can happen. And if it does happen that, you know, they just don't want to know you, don't want to work with you, don't want to forgive you, you have to accept it. Um, all right, so those are the things you, you can do in that instance. Uh, you did ask uh and you want to make a connection to ensure they will want to work with you is there a technique you'd recommend so that really is a, um open the channels of communication get to know them build a relationship it's all about building a relationship um you can leave them offerings and just a simple little thing like lighting a candle putting in a glass of water and just sitting down and just having a conversation just talk and you know this usually overlaps with the question how do you communicate with spirits how do you know when they're talking to you um, all you need to do is just talk have that communication and then allow spaces to get a reply um, and, and in the beginning you may not get a reply you you may you probably you usually do get a reply but the problem is that we haven't uh, trained ourselves to listen uh, properly so this can take some time so just be patient allow it to happen and when you talk you just talk you tell the spirit about your day you tell the spirit about your your desires uh, what we, what you would like your life to be how what you would like to become um, how you would like to grow um, you know or just as I said just talk about your day you know if you had a shit day tell the spirit about your day um, just as you would do if you sat down with a, a good friend and even there you may want to share a glass of wine so pour two glasses of wine give one to the spirit and sit down and have your wine with the spirit or it could be I usually do it with hot chocolate um, I'll share my hot chocolate with the spirit and then I'll sit down and I'll talk to the spirit and have, drink my hot chocolate while the spirit drinks their hot chocolate so you can really just take it in that approach of you are building a relationship with a person it just so happens that this person is not a physical body that is sitting opposite you 
um, but it is as real as that physical body. Um, okay, so let's get on to the next question, which was from Yoli T. Is it important for the gods and goddesses that you work with is from the same grouping, example, Hecate and Pan, or can you work with a combination of Greek and Egyptian gods and goddesses, for example? All right, um, this can get tricky um, because there is no hard and fast rule here. It can be done. You can work with spirits from different pantheons, but Again, coming back to the previous question, you need to build those relationships first. So you need to build a relationship with each and every spirit that you uh, would like to bring into your space. Then when you've built those relations and re relationships individually, you then start introducing them to each other. Again, coming back to um, you know dealing with, with physical people, you could do the same thing. You have, um, say, five friends. You don't know each other, but you build a relationship with these five friends. And then one day you have a party and you invite all five friends. So they are now all in the same space. You can now see how they interact with, interact with each other. Um, if they get along, if one or two of them kind of clash and they don't like each other, um, that's going to happen. And it's the same thing here. So you build these individual rela relationships with the the spirits, the deities that you want to work with, and provided they want to work with you, you then start introducing them to each other. And it'll probably happen that they've already met each other, and they will either like each other or they won't like each other. Um, if they haven't met each other, then it's the first introduction, and you'll find out if they like each other or not. Um, so. It really is a case of built again, building the relationships, um, and this isn't. This then becomes a situation where you're not just building a relationship between you and a spirit. You are also then starting to build a relationship between the spirits and yourself. Um, and in that instance, again, you might find that one or two of them do not get along. Therefore, when you are doing a working, you do not use those spirits together. Uh, there's going to be a clash. There's going to be a, a huge difficulty with the energy flow that you actually need in order to do a working. Um, and it's going to be a huge interruption and you're not going to be able to actually accomplish what you need to accomplish. Um, so, again, it's all about building relationships. And there really are deities that do not get along. Um, and the, the problem here, you know, when we look at uh, things like eclectic witchcraft or any eclectic practice, um, again, it's, it, I feel it's coming back to this idea of because it's not a physical body, it's somewhere in the back of the head, there's this thing of it's not real. Um, and therefore we can just take this god and we can take this goddess and we can take this mythical being and this thing over here and just put them all together they'll get along because they're not actually real they're just things that we interact with um, but when you actually start working with them you start feeling their energy then you start to realize how real they, they actually are and 
you know, if you, and here's another thing, if you do find that you have a group of DOTs that you bring together and you do, they all get along, there are still situations and particular workings you may be doing where the energy of two different spirits will clash. Even though they get along um, and they are friendly towards one another, their particular energies in a particular working may not combine properly uh, to accomplish the task that you need. So you're also going to have to bear that in mind. Um, so there's a few things you, you have to consider here and remember that you're working with energy. You can take two currents and put them together and they work fantastically and then you bring in another current and you add that and it blows the whole thing apart. Um, so, you know, just remember it's about energy and it's about building relationships. Okay, so that's where I'm going to leave it today. Uh, I wanted to bring those two questions together because they did relate quite a lot. And uh, yeah, so that's it for Ask Lee. And as I said, if you do have any questions, leave them in the comments to the video or leave a voice note on anchor.fm and I will add, add them to the list. Okay, so have a fantastic weekend and I'll see you next week. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.